One of the best meetings I've seen at the Valley for quite some time, even in their Cox Plate days, with the, the running of the McKenzie Stakes, where we get to see Imperatries taking on Giga Kick, taking on Rothfire, and then the Fan Stakes. Some fascinating narratives there. And I think the, the most fascinating one is the, the story of Globe. How good is this galloper? For the role of the dice, Cindy Kitten, also Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. We'll find out a lot tomorrow. There's some terrific three-year-old races as well there at Mooney Valley. And this man will be excited. Nick Ashman, thanks to Pulele, the 1,200-metre Group 1 weight for age sprint star standing at Darley. Nick, good morning to you. Before we get stuck into your previews of the bigger races tomorrow, I'm excited. Now, I usually get up nice and early on a Saturday morning mm. because it's race day. And um, I love checking the scratchings, analysing what I think the track conditions will be. But tomorrow morning, I'll be jumping out of bed with an extra spring in my step because I'll be getting to my SEN app and I'll be going to 1170 in Sydney and I'll be looking forward to listening to yourself and our great mate, Mickey Gaddam from The Great Tip-Off as you guys make your stellar debut with a new show on a Saturday morning on the SEN track and 1170 platforms. And um, it's called The Saturday Set. Well, the Sydney set. I better get the name right. The Sydney Saturday set from seven to eight. Can't wait for the it, Sid- mate. The Sydney set. Good, yeah. Good morning, uh, Gareth. Yeah, I'm really pumped about it. Uh, the Sydney set. Uh, that's okay. We'll get that wrong at least five times tomorrow when we go live for the first time. Really pumped about it. We've got Chris Waller on for the first show. He's going to talk about his runners, mainly in uh, Rose Hill, but he's got a couple around the grounds as well. Well, there goes you know, your first got, half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We'll have to keep. We'll have to keep a, a short list, if you like, for Waller's runners because we won't have time to go through all of them. But we're really up and about it, mate. Uh, I mean, I think uh, some fresh content on a Saturday morning, uh, hopefully driving home some winners, and also some statistics and information about these feature races that will go through right through the carnival as well. So historical facts that can help you find a winner. Mickey Gannon's going to do his great speed maps. He's a genius at it. And the two of us hopefully can find you a bag of winners throughout uh, throughout the afternoon. So, mate, I'm well and truly up and about. Can't wait for it. And I'll tell you what, you haven't mucked around. You've got the best, uh, the the king of racing, Chris Waller, to kick off your show. Unbelievable stuff. It took me three years. Not three years. How long have we been on Giddy Up now for, Jacko? We've had him on a few times, Chris. Twice look, in a he's, year. He's unbelievable. A hey? He's a busy man, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest that we've ever seen. Hundred percent in terms of the training ranks. So we're very fortunate to have him uh, on the first show, and uh, no doubt he'll give us the latest information on his runners heading to their home track on Saturday afternoon. Hey, that run for the Rose is a good race for mine. Yep. I think the Theo Marks is more interesting, but the the the, the run for the Rose now. Cylinder's been to Melbourne, hit and run mission, got the job done there first up. We've spoken about James Cummings' brilliant strike rate at Caulfield. He strikes up over 30%. So the key is, can this horse take it to Sydney and replicate that form again? Uh, look, we'll have to find out on Saturday afternoon. My computer's literally gone bung in front well, of me. Well, mate, I'll, I'll, save you, I'll save you trying to analyse this race. I'll do you a little bit of favour from um, thebeatenfavourite.com and also, of course, the great tip-off and then with the Sydney set tomorrow. You won't have to spend too much time on this race because all you need to say is race eight at Rose Hill, the run to the Rose. Cadolphin have dominated this race with In Secret, Adamo, Bivouac and Astern in recent time. And Cylinder 
will win with a leg in the air. Libertad will be brave. Militarise will be hitting the line strongly, maybe for the Caulfield Guineas, jot that horse down. Don Corleone, he was just a couple of lengths off cylinder as a two-year-old, and that will be the case once again. And forget the rest, really. Kadinsk Abstract be backing that horse. Ask Uncle Chris there tomorrow. I think it'll be winning at Flemington. Do you agree there? Uh, winning at Flemington, that's a big cause. Flemington, Saturday week. Flemington, Saturday week. Ah, oh, that's Is that the Dane Hill? Um, yes, correct. It might be the Dane Hill, 1,200 metres up the straight. The race was yep. famously won by Black Caviar back in 2009. Very good. stumbled out of the great gates and pulled a muscle and nearly got beaten by Wanted. In fact, I think you'll find that was the closest she ever came to getting beaten was in that race. Anyway, that's another story. Maybe Royal Ascot. Uh, Maybe Royal, oh, sorry, yeah, well, I'm talking mm-hmm. about Australian soil here. Okay. Slight, slight caveat on that comment. Uh, yeah, very good from you, though, to pull it's me up the, on a Friday Hey, mate, it's though. not the Sydney set now. <laughs> Let's go back to Sydney anyway. Mate, Don Corleone, he's over the odds here. Oh, okay. He's dried up well. I reckon he's over the odds. I agree with you, Cylinder's the one to beat. Uh, but the ratings that I'm looking at say there's not a massive difference between Cylinder and Don Corleone when they're at their best. The difference is Cylinder tends to produce close to his best more frequently than the Don does. But the Don, first up from a spell, he's had two trials. The latest of them, Peter Snowden pushed him forward, or not Peter Snowden, but he's obviously instructed uh, the bloke on top to push him forward, and he got a good hit out. I find that when Snowden does this, and it was back in the Daly days when he was at the helm there before uh, O'Shea took over, when he rides him forward in a trial like that for horses that normally get back, it's because he wants to target a race first up. I reckon they're coming here on Saturday. They want to see Don Corleone win first up so they can justify pushing onto that Golden Rose second up from a spell. Or maybe, maybe they're going to throw their hands up in the air for an Everest slot with mm-hmm. him. Imagine if he came out and absolutely blitzed him on Saturday. He didn't really see out. I know that was a heavy trap, but did he not really see out the 1,400 in the, in the size produce back in the autumn? Maybe they're thinking, let's win this race really well first up and let's look at uh, the Everest for him uh, in the spring campaign. Lots to play out, but I think $8.50 for him on Friday morning is better value than the $1.80 for, uh, or $1.85 for Cylinder at this point in time. We had our great friend Henry Field on the show live from Kentucky at the sales, which are about to get underway across uh, up there in America. He's been hanging out with Bob Baffett. Anyway, we're going through his three-year-olds, like a Don Corleone, King's Gambit. They're purchased, um, oh, they're bought into Osmosis. Red Resistance is yep. another one that... They've had a few phone calls regarding a slot in the Everest. He was keeping it close to his chest with those negotiations. I did ask him, has he been talking to any of the slot holders um, regarding an Everest slot? And he said, well, they've been talking to him, which means they've been talking to each other. So who knows? Don, they might want Don to fire first up there um, tomorrow. And I did indicate to James, like Cylinder, if he puts his hand up, I know In Secret's probably got two hoofs in that that slot there for Cadolphin for the Everest. But if he wins and wins by a margin, um, they might have to think about him. And then there's Libertad that's done nothing wrong. So it's a good horses race, the run to the Rose, and looking forward to it. So you're with Don Corleone. What are you doing? At the in, price. Yeah, at the price. What are you doing in the other features there? Have you got an opinion in the? Uh, Ming Dynasty, the quality handicap for the three-year-olds, where we've got NCAP and basically Tom Kitten fighting for favouritism with Bet365 around that $4 quote. Well, look, our track walk information, we will have to get this updated. It's, it's raining in Sydney currently. It's expected to ease off uh, this afternoon. Yep. So 
the information we've got early doors, Gareth, is that just off rail will be suited on Saturday. Not a heavy bias, but sort of lane three plus better than lanes one to two. So with NCAP, the trick for Brett Preble is just to get that gilding off the rail at the right time. He's been super consistent. Tommy, on the other hand, and you were steering me into him first up, and I didn't listen to you, as I so often don't, and I should have done because he got the job done, didn't he? The key for him is where does he settle in the run? They've got a decent uh, sort of gallop before they hit the first turn there from the 1,400-metre start point at, uh, at Rose Hill. Nash will look to get him in somewhere, find a bum, and then come down the outside. Early indications are down the middle won't be an issue on Saturday, so I think that does help out Tommy Kitten. And then you look at horses like uh, Griff and Seal Wolf, the sixth and seventh. These two horses are rating well despite either getting beaten or winning uh, what is traditionally weaker races. Then you've got Ducasse, the 15 as well. He didn't have much luck in that Tom mm-hmm. Kitten up and coming stakes first up from the spell. Uh, does he improve here second up with the run under the belt? His career peak figure on our stuff came on that heavy track when he made his debut. So if the track does get wet, is he the big improvement around the $18-$19 mark? And then there's a real roughie here for you. Now, betting 60-1 to 1 about this galloper yesterday, not anymore. Number nine, Vomo Island for Peter and Paul Snowden. We just spoke about Don Corleone. Uh, this galloper went to a Newcastle maiden first up. He's the son of Dundee, so he's going to appreciate getting out and trip. Goes to a Newcastle maiden first up, was absolutely smashed. He was 270. I got the tip when he was a dollar eighty, and he ended up SPing a dollar sixty. They kept on coming for him. He got beaten two lengths there, Gareth. Mm-hmm. Still, the Snowdens have said we don't care. He's going straight to the Ming Dynasty. I think that tells you what you need to know. They've got a good opinion about this colt, the son of Dundee. So okay. I find it a fascinating race. Tom Kitten's probably got to be your on-top selection, but he's short enough around that sort of $3.80 quote. I'm going to spec Vomo Island uh, each way, or did spec him at the $61. Sea Wolf for six for Joey Pride comes out of a real strong maiden win at Warwick Farm and has had that run at 1,400 metres this campaign, whereas most of these are stepping up to it. We've got the Chiraco, the Theo Marks, the other features there at Rose Hill. Are you playing anything else there at Rose Hill that we haven't mentioned so far, Nicholas? Yes, uh, race six is the Chiraco stakes over the 1,200 metres that you just touched on. Now, the track condition is going to be pivotal to this race. I and Me uh, was the $2.50 favourites, now out to three twenty. Zapatea was three seventy, now into two fifty. The reason for that is because what's going on upstairs. The great man's decided to let some rain fall down in Sydney. So Zapatea, who's a traditional mudlark, is now your favourite for the race. If the track stays in that soft range, she is clearly the horse to beat. One of her peak figures of her seven wins so far in her 18-star career was over this track and distance at uh, Rose Hill, where she won and won, producing a high rating. That was on a good surface. God knows what she would have done that day if she could have got a toe into the ground. So we're also looking for an improved performance from Zagotcha, but I think Zapatea on the wet, I and me on the dry, and probably a bit of value at double figures for Queen of the Ball, who's no slouch whatsoever, was good second behind Paracel first up in the toy show can go on with it second up from the spell. And you've got to remember, second up last campaign, yes, she finished eighth, beaten three and a quarter lengths by recommendation, who's probably the better of the day at the Valley on Saturday, or one of the best of the day. But she was three wide without any cover that day. That was on Blue Diamond Stakes Day, and I think it was a total forgive performance. The prep before that, she wins a, uh, 
a Group 3 race second up from a spell on a soft track at the Valley over 1,200 metres. So I think double figures for her is, uh, is a bit of a spoil. And if you're playing like to play the exotics, I'd be pairing her up with Zapatara and Iron Me. It wouldn't surprise me if she split those two. Okay, make sure you ask Chris about Extremely Lucky tomorrow. I think he's a big chance blinkers on. Hopefully the track's not too wet, $8.50. I'll take on Red Card and Airman any day of the week with Extremely Lucky there at Rose Hill. What about your thoughts at Mooney Valley? We'll start off with this. I think it's it's clearly the best race, the most fascinating race of the day. It's the Mackenzie for the sprinters over 1,000 metres. Giga Kick takes on Imperatrice, looking at the market here at the Valley. The rail and the true, so hopefully every horse will get their opportunity. Giga Kick $1.85. Our boys on the weekend preview were keen on Rothfire, and I agree over 1,000 metres. I think Blake Shin can hold the key to this race from that gate at $6. And then Imperatrice has had good support at 380 how do you read this year's Mackenzie? I think it's a one-horse race. Giggy Kick wins, providing he's there to win. I don't think they'll beat him. Uh, a thousand metres. He's, he's raced over this trip previously. Uh, he won. Um, I think it was early in his career at Flemington down the straight over a thousand metres. Produced a decent rating, and then first up in the autumn, uh, you might remember he produced the best last 600, 400, and 200 of the entire yes. meeting. Went third behind Passive Aggressive and Eduardo. Uh, he was given. Uh, Probably not the best ride there by Craig uh, in the uh, in the challenge stakes. I think on Saturday, what we saw was a, a, a bigger, more robust giga kick, if you can imagine that. And that's the key, really, Gareth. These three-year-olds who are dominant in their three-year-old season, we need to see them thicken up a bit as they turn four because they carry that little bit of extra weight in the run. So uh, I think he's, uh, he's the one clearly to beat. I like the fact that he's drawn away from the inside. Rothfire is drawn directly underneath him. Rothfire will go forward. Underneath Rothfire is Zoo Style, who only knows one way, and that's to put the handlebars down. So, and then you've also got Akramantula, who Craig rode last time out in a track and distance victory, but I think it's probably a peg below this uh, this grade. Imperatrice thereabouts. I thought the roughing for the race was actually number six, Sarah Des for Mark and Levi Kavanagh, Jamie Carr in the saddle. She was pretty good in two runs over in Adelaide during the autumn uh, at Group One level, beating around two lengths in each of them. You've got to remember Zapatea was in those races. Yes. I don't think they're as good as what Giga kicks up to, but I think they're not far off where some of these other horses are at at this point in time in their careers. So Sierra Des to run in the top four, but Giga kick to get the job done. I'm under pressure. I'm running out of time and looking forward to listening yep. to you on the Sydney set. So do you have an opinion on the fan quickly or any of those feature three-year-old races, the Atlantic Jewel and also the McKenzie mm-hmm. Stakes there tomorrow? I'll just go on the fan. Uh, Tuvalu, second up from a spell, placed, uh, finishing the corner in five of his six mm-hmm. second up runs and settled back first up in the PB line stakes behind Mr. Brightside. That's the right form line. I'm in love with Francesco Guardi, though. I'll be definitely asking Chris about him tomorrow. Uh, he's had that little gap between runs. He goes down here. I reckon he can be highly competitive in the fan stakes. I see they've got Craig Williams aboard. And then I reckon after the fan stakes, he makes his way towards the Turnbull stakes. And from there, we'll find out where he's really going. But the fact that they're having a a look at the fan on Saturday. His peak run came at the Valley. Jeez, if he ran, if he won the race on Saturday, do they consider a Cox Plate for him? I think they will, to tell you the truth. Mm. That's why they're at the mm. Valley, I would imagine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so a bit to play out there, though. But, mate, I just can't wait. It's a really good race day. It mightn't have the big G1 in Sydney or Melbourne, but it's a fantastic racing day, and I reckon we're going to learn a lot about the spring 
from what unfolds over the next 24 to 48 hours. You'll hear this a lot. It could be moving day. There's a few moving days in September when it comes to spring racing, and tomorrow will be an interesting day, especially for the three-year-olds. Love your work, mate. Um, enjoy the Sydney set tomorrow. Chris Waller, your special guest. You and Mickey Gaddon have been great great supporters and friends of ours here on Giddy Up. Um, and uh, I think that SEN needed a Sydney show especially a racing show on a Saturday morning because when you wake up, you need to get some information, scratchings, track updates. You hear from the participants, especially from Chris. He would have checked out his Saturday horses nice and early, so he might have more of an update on a few of them. It's exactly what SEN needs. We've got a wonderful racing team, and you guys are going to be sensational and can't wait for that tomorrow. 7 o'clock on SEN track and um, 11.17. If you're in Sydney, you can listen to it on your your, your local Sydney SEN dial, or like I do, I consume all my SEN content on the SEN app. It's the best app in the in the caper. So go and get them tomorrow, mate. We, we look forward to it. Beautiful, Gareth. Good luck, mate.